something huge. We are at a crossroads and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. Katie Doyle and Jay Adams met when they were 14 years old. Since then, they've grown up. Their style has changed, their careers have evolved, and most importantly, they changed that childhood friendship into a Kickstarter idea and now a rapidly growing business called Brass Clothing. Today we get to hear their story as co-founders, learn about their time as a Kickstarter and how their relationship has changed along the way. I'm Megan Keeney Anderson, and this is The Growth Show. Uh, I want to start off by talking a little bit about Brass and why you created it. What's the problem that you're trying to solve? We design foundational core pieces that we think every woman should have in her wardrobe. And we're really focused on that idea of really helping women to craft a wardrobe that fits well with their lifestyle. So why was that the angle that was important to you to take? Katie and I were at a point in our lives, we're 28 years old, and we were starting to think about our wardrobes differently. Um, We were starting to think more about how it was that we were um, consuming clothing. Um, We were really over fast fashion. We were sick of J. Crew, the quality that J. Crew and Gap were putting out there. And then we really admired brands like Theory and Vince and these really sort of simple elevated brands that you would see at Neiman Marcus but we just couldn't justify spending that amount of money on it. Yeah, it's, it almost seems like a more intentional way of building your wardrobe and yes. of yes. consuming. Absolutely. It's deliberate, you think about it. Um, it's not distracted by things like sales or, or marketing. Right. Have you guys ever heard of the phrase, uh, the, the startup uniform? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's this idea, right, that um, if you ta- if you take a look at like Mark Zuckerberg or any major founder in tech, they have kind of like the hoodie and the t-shirt yeah. and kind of this classic u- uniform that most people in tech or startup wear. I'm curious about your thoughts on that and if you see this as a version of that or as a, or as a counter to that, how do you sort of see the, the wardrobe building that your uh, customers are doing in relation to that? I think that we see it as uh, a more fun, feminine extension of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, like Steve Jobs was, you know, wearing his black turtleneck, turtleneck right. every day or whatever. And that was because he wanted to eliminate one decision from his morning, you know, so he just wore the same thing every day. We see a lot of value in that. We see a lot of value in taking out any stress, any sort of, um, you know, decision-making in the morning with getting dressed. We want getting dressed to be easy and fun. It must have been pretty validating that you were onto something in terms of the type of product you were creating and the type of community you were building. I'd love to shift gears and talk a little bit about the actual process of building this company uh, from the ground up. So um, you talk a little bit about how you started and kept your product very simple and then you've iterated over time with feedback like that from your customer base. Can you tell me a little bit about some of those iterations? Maybe one that um, was different than you expected it would be, or that you know something that you tried that failed. Uh, I'd love to hear just the the nitty gritty details on making those decisions about how to expand your product line. So when we first started, we launched with five dress styles, and we really were trying to take a minimum viable 
product approach to mm-hmm. it. Um, Feedback has always been huge for us. Um, we started, we picked our first five dress sil- silhouettes based on a survey, but we continued to do surveys after that. We would put two color swatches up on Instagram and kind of ask women, do you prefer, you know, we're going to do a sweater dress. Do you want to see a navy sweater dress or do you want to see a charcoal gray sweater dress? There, that feedback is invaluable. I mean, it's it's been something that helped us really get started um, and help us kind of like define our palette um, and kind of like the silhouettes yeah. that people are looking for. It's amazing to me how much you're mirroring your own customers in a way that you're being very deliberate about the way you build this business in the same way that you hope the customers will be deliberate about the way that they build their wardrobe. Uh, And even little things like that, like stripping out this added complexity of needing a new wardrobe for every season, I think speaks to that. Uh, So that's really interesting. Yeah, and we're always looking at our customer behavior as well. Um, they check out the brand and then they buy one thing and then 30 days later they come back and they buy another thing and when we started to see that behavior we were like yes this is exactly the type of woman that we envisioned that we would be creating product for and she exists and there are a lot of them and they're really excited about what we're doing so seeing that behavior has been really cool too because we know we also can see how how deliberate our customer is, mm-hmm. you know? It, get Having that idea that there are women out there that were like that, but then really getting that market validation has been one of the most satisfying things about building this business. That's great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about funding, because you, mm-hmm. you two did start this business together on your own, um, and I'm really curious about that first year of how you figured out how to get funding to just get this thing off the ground. Uh, What was your approach there? Well, um, so we bootstrapped our business. Um, We decided that we were going to, when we decided that this was going to be something that we're going to do, um, I should start by saying that Jay's background is is in apparel sourcing and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that it's important to say that because um, people, uh, people come to us all the time kind of saying like, oh, I have an idea for a blazer or a sweater or whatever and, you know, and want some advice um, and wonder how we got our business up and started so quickly. We are from like concept to launch took us six months. And that was because um, there was a foundation there for working with a manufacturer uh, abroad. So Jay and I, once once we decided that we were going to move forward with the business, we um, we knew that we had twenty five thousand dollars to work with, and we knew that our purchase order was going to be around fifteen twenty thousand dollars, and that we were going to have another five thousand dollars to build a website and to um, and to market. That forced us to be incredibly strategic about the decisions that we made, and. One of the things that we did when we launched was was um, was a content marketing strategy, and yeah, I mean, we were writing about things that we felt like were applicable within the marketplace at the time mm-hmm. that people would be searching, and we used Medium a lot initially because we knew we could if we had our own blog, we'd have to channel traffic, so we really used Medium um, to mm-hmm. our benefit in the mm-hmm. very beginning, um, and so that when we did actually launch, you know, we had a list of a couple thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we didn't launch to crickets. Important for us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you you actually built your audience before day one of being able to sell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's really key. You can't just launch a product out of nothing. Like if you have no one who wants to buy your product, it's going to be very difficult. You don't just set up an online store yeah. and expect that you're going to get traffic. Well, let me jump off that for yeah. a second because even still you don't know what the demand is going to be the day your mm-hmm. cash register opens, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you've you done all this marketing ahead of time. You know you have a list of 1,000 people, but that's uh, you have $25,000 that you put into it, and there's not a lot of room for error there. How did you handle the um, this idea of like demand versus supply you were able to put out there? Was there ever a stressful moment in there where you didn't know? Yeah, yeah, I mean that's where that's where that that's where that survey came to be. So, you know, I have to be honest when people are like, "What do you do?" I say we have an apparel company. We're not a fashion brand mm-hmm. because what we're doing is we're creating product for our customer. It's not an outward expression. It's this is not an eponymous line. This is not something that's like about me or an expression of an artistic thing. We're really trying to create clothing that's versatile, purposeful, beautiful, and high quality. And we knew that in the very beginning. So that's why that feedback, those surveys, at least we knew we were starting from something. You know, it wasn't just, you know, five dresses that Katie and I pull out our heads. This was five tried and true styles that women told us that they love and that they wanted to buy. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, we've just maintained that as we've grown you know, it's a very deliberate and very sort of strategic process that we go through. And I think that that eliminates a lot of the risk when we actually do go to go to launch the product, because we've thought really carefully about what it is and the purpose that that piece of clothing will serve in a woman's wardrobe. There's a lot of discipline to that. I mean, you think about how other businesses are started and they may go out and get a ton, you know, millions in VC funding before they ever have their first customer. And I wonder what having that bootstrapped kind of shorter budget and the discipline of only creating enough for the demand in the beginning, how that philosophy creates a different company than, say, a company that has $3 million in the bank based on an idea. It Honestly, it makes me cringe sometimes when I hear the stories of people who started with $2 million in the bank and 10 months later they have no money and they're not able to pay their 30 employees or 20, whatever the heck they had. We're always going, do you know what I could do with (laughs) $100,000? Do you even know? Yeah, we do. We say that a lot because we, you know, because we've just, we really value uh, like every dime that we spend. And, you know, I I worked for a full year, um, nights and weekends on Brass and Jay did too. Uh, I didn't take a salary from this business until it was like I was working, you know, I had another job right. in e-commerce, which was great because it was a learning experience too. Um, but we didn't take salaries from our business until it could pay our salaries. Um, and and until we, you know, and there that to me is, is something that it, I think there might be a lot more success in this world if people had to um, be a little bit more strategic with how they spent their money. How do you know when it's time to then go out and raise more funds? What's that conversation like between the two of you? So, um, yeah, it's a conversation we've been having a lot recently because our business is growing rapidly. Um, And 
one of the things that we will be most constrained by is um, inventory, is cash flow for inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of goes back to what Katie was saying. I mean, th- I mean, we are a product-based business. If we can't sell our product, we have no business. So that is also what kind of goes back into that deliberateness of like producing product that we're pretty sure that we're going to be able to sell being strategic about how many units we're going to produce of that. Yeah. Um, all of that kind of supply chain stuff is stuff we're thinking about. But when it comes to, we're sort of at this point where we're comfortable where we're at and we're going to continue working through the year, um, focusing on, you know, getting our brand more defined, getting our product offering more defined, um, just having a bit of a clearer vision Um, You know, we haven't even been doing this for two years. We say like, oh, that was only our second June. We haven't even been through our second July yet. Um, And then I think we'll start thinking about looking for maybe some outside funding. But when we're ready to do that, it'll be with a very specific plan as to how we're going to use that money. Um, We have some ideas that we're really excited about that could potentially... Um, bring larger brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that would require a little bit more budget. And so once we sort of test those ideas out, then we'll think about going out and, and you know, finding the mm-hmm. right investor, finding the right partner. Ha- has there ever been a time in decision making where the two of you have been on different sides or disagreed about a direction? Yeah. I mean, we have disagreements. Katie and I, our vision for the brand and our vision for the company is totally aligned. Of course, we have mm-hmm. disagreements. And I would say, because Katie and I have known each other since we were 15 years old, we also both know when another person is not sitting well with something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like suss that out of them. Like, I can tell you're not 100% with me on this. Let's talk about this right. some more. Um, whereas if we, if I had a partner or she had a partner that you only had, knew for two years or something, be harder to have some of those conversations and there might be some more underlying tension. I mean, we're kind of like sisters. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We just don't let anything <laughs> fester. <laughs> it needs to be talked about. It just gets talked about right there. And, um, and one of the only drawbacks I would say is that because we do kind of like have a mind meld <laughs> and we do understand each other so well, one of the things that we are trying to get better at is with the women who are working with us now is trying to communicate some of those ideas and some of those things that are just like we just read each other's yeah. minds about, just communicating those those things better. That was going to be my next mm-hmm. question. I can imagine that is something to be conscious of as, as the team grows. Yeah. Are there any other ways that you feel like you having such a long history together has strengthened or had an impact on um, on Brass? Well, I think we really trust each other. And we know each other's strengths, um, which is... I knew Jay's strengths going into this business. I never had any doubts about what she was capable of and what she... Um, you know, what she could do and where she was really going to succeed because I've known her for 15 years and I knew exactly what her sweet spot was going to be. So there were some things that didn't even need to be said almost. They were just like, well, this is, you know, this is what I'm good at and this is what you're good at and this is what you've always been good at. And so this is what you're going to own. And, um, and we do have our, like, we do have our defined roles. There are some things that we do cross over a little bit, but our roles are defined. Um, and that was, that was already defined going in. 
Yeah, just to dovetail on that, I would say that we, the brand is very much an extension of who we are, the relationship that we have. You know, our voice, it's something that the women we work for remind us of that. Uh, so the the last question I have for you really kind of goes back to your roots. Uh, we dug up a early blog post of yours in which you're talking about your vision for the company. I'm going to read this one a little bit. Um, but you, just to remind you, uh, when you talked about your vision in the beginning, you talked about a few different values that you had. Um, producing outstanding garments, providing value, inspiring confidence, being available, and providing a consistent aesthetic. I would be really curious now that you're a little bit further into the company to hear you grade yourself on those and uh, tell me where you think you're the strongest right now in terms of those original values, um, if there are any areas where you strayed a bit, uh, how you're doing on that initial vision. That's a really good question. It's funny hearing you read that because I don't think that we've really strayed that much. We've become more focused. We like to say that um, internally our values are substance, sorry, style, substance, and community. Yeah. She's got it down. (laughs) I know. Say it again. Style, (laughs) substance, and community. Those are our internal values. And it's what we think about in everything that we're doing. Style applies to the aesthetic, obviously. Um, Substance applies to the product. Is this piece of clothing worthwhile? Is this piece of clothing timeless? Um, But it also is something that we think about all the time when we are producing content. Our emails, um, our blog posts, really everything. We don't want to put something out there in the world that isn't of value. We know that our customer has thousands of different places to buy their clothing from. Why is she going to buy something from us? We have to be providing her with value all the time. Like I said, our customer is incredibly smart, incredibly sophisticated. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we're always thinking back about. And I think that we're doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) Grade ourselves on the things that we wrote before. I think that we're doing pretty well and just getting more focused and doing a better job and improving. Always trying to improve. Cool. Anything to add there, Katie? No, I think that I agree. A plus for us. No, just kidding. Don't include that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll leave it there. Well, thank you so much, Jay and Katie, for coming in. Uh, It's it's a really interesting uh, growth story. It's a really interesting vision for for fashion and for your customers. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so so much. much. Hey, Growth Show listeners, we want to know what you think of our show. Please leave your feedback as an iTunes review. 